Good morning, White Rock, and a special greeting to all hospital patients and shut-ins, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to CSL White Rock. Let's start off by welcoming our musician for today, Deanna Knight. She has been deeply rooted in the Vancouver gypsy jazz scene for the last 20 years. Deanna performs her life-affirming, earth-loving musical art with a healthy dose of both folk and jazz. She has the rare ability to dive deep into your heart and mind, not only leaving you with chills, but also thoughts of love, blessings, hope, and healing. And she asked me to mention also that uh, she's going to be back in studio recording a second album shortly. Her first one came out in 2001, uh, Shadow of the Star, and her first collection is on Spotify, if you care to look. Thank you, Norm. Uh, for those of you who, who have not seen me before, um, you might uh, have not seen me sing a cappella, and uh, many of the songs that I create uh, with vocal, uh, with the lyric and the melody, are um, they come through me that way, and then I uh, surround myself with beautiful musicians, so I've been absolutely blessed that way. Uh, so this will give you an idea of how the songs come to me. This here is called The Good That I Can Do. I live for those whose hearts are kind. For the heavens a smile above me. For all the ties that bind me. For the tasks that life assigned me in the bright hopes left behind me. All the good that I can do. All the good that I can do. I live to hold communion with all that is divine. To feel there is a union twixt nature's heart and mind. To profit through connection. Rip truth from fields of fiction, grow wiser through conviction, and fulfill the grand design. All the good that I can do, all the good that I can do, all the good that I can do, all the good that I can do. those who love me, for those who know me true, for the heavens a smile above me, for those who feel it too, for the cause that lacks assistance, for the wrong that needs resistance, for the future in the distance, and the good
all the good that we can do, all the good that I can do. I live for those whose eyes are kind. Sorry, I was muted. What a beautiful song. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name's Norm Neekin, as you may remember. As a representative of CSL White Rock, I recognize that I am a settler on this land. I am grateful and honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, and that other members of this gathering are working and living on the traditional land of many other indigenous, indigenous peoples. As CSL White Rock is committed to the vision of a loving, vibrant world that works for all, we are committed to uplifting indigenous voices, respecting traditional lands, and working with communities towards reconciliation. I thank the First Peoples who continue to live and care for Mother Earth and all that is above and below. CSL White Rock is an inclusive community and learning center. We honor many paths to the one. Our teacher, our teaching, pardon me, is based on four cornerstone beliefs. One, there's one life. It is the source of all life and all things. Two, we are spirit having a human experience. And my favorite, number three, Nothing outside us needs to change in order for me to be happy. Or we are here to walk each other home. So welcome, everyone. My name is Tamara Rossander. I'm the spiritual director here at Centers for Spiritual Living. And I welcome you today on this Super Bowl Sunday. So thanks, everyone. I'm sure parties are, will be happening later on, but I am uh, so thrilled to, that you each have made your way onto Zoom today to be with us. And uh, as we're today, our topic is the inquiring minds want to flow. Inquiring minds want to flow. And I was, you know, contemplating that topic and what did that mean? And a sentence that of an affirmation they gave was, I am expressing my divine calling right here, right now. So when we're in that flow, we're expressing the divine through us and through our heart. And that's, I think, what Deanna's song so beautifully spoke about is opening of the heart and showing up in our authentic self. And then when we're doing that, things always just seem to flow a little easier. And yes, we're gonna hit a couple bumps. We always hit a couple bumps. And yet when we're in tune with ourselves and in tune with that curiosity, as we're speaking all month about curiosity is the superpower, we know that it is part of, part of us. So today, that's what I wanna bring forth and, and discuss is that curiosity and some of the questions that we may have around, are we in the flow? And what is, what is my reason for being? Now, that is a very curious question. Why am I here? What is my reason for being? How many of you know 
the answer to that question right now. You can say that you know it. A few hands, a few nods, some maybe not. Some, yeah, some, are, some are jumping up and down and saying, yes, I know what I'm here to do. And a few still curious, still curious. But, that, but that's the place to be in that curiosity. And, you know, it's really that question is not a place for our intellectual mind to show up. It is our place where our soul calls us. So that we, it is important for us then to take that step into that soul and dive into that journey of self-discovery and to find out what makes you come alive. Now, I bet that question, I might get a few more yeses on what brings your heart, what makes your heart sing, what brings you that joy, that love, that excitement. I bet a few more people can say, yeah, I know what that is, right? Yes, okay, I see a few hands, excellent. So that is the thing that is being curious about what that is and know that that little nudge of what it is that sparks us is what brings us forward, what gets us on that path of our calling, that gets us on the path of our purpose. And it's when we listen to that, that's when we move forward. Ernest Holmes, um, I found, I was at uh, Banyan Books the other day. They have a ton of Ernest Holmes books there. And this one I picked up is called The Art of Life. And uh, at the back of it, he says, the highest consciousness is not one of possession, but of being. The greater your consciousness of being, the more automatically will the law flow from this consciousness into the acquisition of things you desire. The greater your consciousness of being, the more automatically the life will flow. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was really brilliant. This Ernest Holmes, he's so good. He always has an answer for everything. So, and also in Science of Mind, we're reminded that what we are seeking is seeking us. And that is never truer than when we know our own purpose. So again, going back to what is that that make that calling, that divine calling deep within us that sometimes is waiting to be expressed and waiting to be discovered and expressed in only a way that each person here can express it. And when it comes forward, it can bring many gifts. And one of them is being in the flow. But how do we, how do we start on that? Where do we go? So the first place that we can start is our inward journey. That desire to answer that question, what is my purpose? Why am I here? It propels us to take a deep look at what makes us all unique. And then the curiosity peeks in about our journey through our life. And sometimes, though, we tend to seek our answers. I don't know if any of you have done it, but I know I have. I've looked for that place where, oh, Tamara, you're doing such a great job. 
And then I can, I can feel filled up or it's that place where I'm, you know, looking for that outer validation or showing up maybe in the type of car I drive or the house I live in, but really that's not what's important. Those things make our life easier sometimes. Sometimes they can cause more stress <laughs> for house poor, but, and yet they can also, when we're in that place of knowing that it's really about what our heart desires, when we open up to that heart space. And as the last time I spoke, I talked about going into the forest with Baba Yaga. And this time I am from, again, after the ecstasy into the laundry, I'm going to talk about the dragon, the dragon that lives within. And how, when, for our inward journey, so we're going to start first with, we want to start that inward journey and following that sacredness. And maybe that's the sacredness of the ox and knowing that we have to be careful if we choose that route, because the spiritual current journey will bring a lot of things into question. We're always bringing things into question, which is that curiosity. That is what we want to lean into, the curiosity. And we want to sustain then and step into our spiritual practice. So our spirit yet to sustain a spiritual practice, um, Jack Cornfield says, demands our steady attention. It, the first task then is almost any spiritual voyage is to quiet ourselves enough to listen to the voice of our heart. To listen to that which is beyond our daily affairs. And it can be whether it's in prayer or meditation, in visualization, fasting or song. We need to step out of our usual roles, out of the busy days of being on automatic pilot. I mean, do, has anybody here ever driven somewhere and not known how you've gotten there? Yes, I see some. I see some. Yeah, I know I have. And then too, I know when I was used to drive my son to hockey all the time, he actually never liked me to drive him because it didn't matter how many times we'd been to that hockey rink, I managed to get lost on the way there. <laughs> so I'd get distracted and think, oh, and go through. So I, I relate to that. And, you know, as we're diving into these spiritual practice, into that inward journey of discovery and being quiet and what matters in whenever, whatever it is that we decide to do, it is, it's the sincerity that we bring to the way we've chosen to practice a perseverance and willingness to stay with it and see what opens us up. You know, even here, if you're thinking about curiosity and that spiritual journey or that inward journey, you know, can you bring to mind what drew you to the teaching of Ernest Holmes? What drew you towards the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock? Do you remember what that was? And you think of that. So. I'm going to tell you a story about 
a young, a traditional Swedish story to give a sense of this journey that we're on. And because of mishaps or our parents, whatever has happened along this young princess's life, the king and queen tell her that she must marry a dragon. That this, the young princess named Aras must be betrothed to the fearful dragon. And when the king and queen tell her, she becomes so frightened for her life. But she's a smart girl. So she recovers her wits about her and goes out beyond. And indeed to find out from the wise woman who has raised 12 children and 29 grandchildren and knows the ways of dragon and men. So the wise woman tells Eris that she indeed must marry the dragon, but there are proper ways to approach the dragon. She then gives instructions for the wedding night. In particular, the princess is bidden to wear 10 beautiful gowns, one on top of the other. So the wedding takes place, a feast is held, and after which the dragon carries the princess off to his bedchamber, where the dragon advances towards his bride. She stops him and saying that she must carefully remove her wedding attire before offering her heart to him. And then she requests for the dragon that he too must properly remove his attire. So of course the dragon's all gung-ho and he is willingly agrees. So as I take each layer of my gown off, you must also remove a layer. So then taking off the first gown, the princess watches as the dragon sheds his outer layer of his scaly armor. Through it is painful and the dragon has done it this periodically before. But then the princess removes another gown and then another. And each time the dragon finds he too must claw off a deeper layer of scales. By the fifth gown, the dragon begins to weep copious amounts of tears and pain. Yet the princess continues. With each successive layer, the dragon skims becomes more tender and his form softens. He becomes lighter and lighter. And when the princess removes her 10th gown, the dragon releases that last vestige of dragon form and emerges as a man. A fine prince whose eyes sparkle like a child's released from the last ancient spell of the dragon form. Princess Eris and her new husband are then left to the pleasures of their bridal chamber to fill the last advice from the wise woman with 12 children and 29 grandchildren. So what this story reveals to us from the start, it is the journey, not about going into the light, but the path to inner freedom requires passing through each stage, through each moment in, as we're moving through. Receiving what Diane said so beautifully in her meditation, that our hearts are full of grace and ease. So receiving grace and opening up to the illumination and becoming wise throughout releasing and going down to our heart. 
just going to take a drink here. So we've started our inward journey. And next, we think about what it is. What is our unique contribution to this world? Are we all so different? Are we all the same? But we all do have our own unique purpose. We're all expressions of that one mind, of that divine being. And we're all here to share our gifts. And no one else can share your gift just the way that you do. So no other being can ever ignite life the way that you can. Only you can do that. And it's recognizing the importance of your life. Because if you don't share your gifts, they will never be shared in your unique way. Only you have those gifts to share. And Eric Butterworth said, I am unique and different at the surface. There can be no other eachness quite like me. And yet I have no existence outside the whole. My eachness can never be separated from the allness, which is the divine, the living spirit. The Greek said, man knoweth thyself. I can only know the one as I know myself as the self-livingness of the one, but I can only really know myself when I know that I am in the flow of life. Again, it's stepping into that river, stepping into that, knowing that each of us are here for a specific loving purpose, and it is up for us to, to decide it and to discover it, to un take off those dragon layers, take off the scales, and step into what is next. What is our next expression of life? So once we've done that, but guess what then happens? I don't know if you're all thinking it, but I'm like, that sounds pretty scary, removing all those scales. How am I going to protect myself? How am I going to have that armor knowing that I have to show up vulnerably? I have to show up and maybe with some warts and all. And that is okay. It is too often we allow often our fears that are, and those hidden beliefs, they'll hijack our attempts to discover our glow, the thing that makes us come alive. And we may become disillusioned and feeling stuck. And then that can dim our spark of curiosity that can dim our spark of curiosity. So it's important that we just don't dip our toe into the river, but that, and get caught in the resistance on the rocky banks, but dive in all the way, dive in all the way, all the way to the center of the stream and allow yourself to be carried by the current, discovering yourself along the way. This is how we find our purpose. And when we find our glow, that is when we are in the flow. <laughs> and I think part of that is, you know, in this handy dandy little book by Ernest Holmes, he says that science of mind is merely one of the tools that we use in giving expression 
to the life principle, okay, capital L, life. Our greatest satisfaction lies not in the fact that we can use this principle, but in the realization that such a power exists and that we are one with it. So God is that divine expression revealing themselves to everyone who believes. Where God is recognized, there is life. Where the presence of the one is realized, there is action. And when the goodness of the one is acknowledged, there is peace. So to think of God as life, the capital L life, the presence and the power in everything, which makes everything what it is. So let us use the word life to symbolize everything that the one, the divine means to us in just that simple word, life. So that is the peace, finding the life within us to, to joy, what is it, and not being stopped by fear. And it is, how do we combat fear? Faith and love. Faith and love. Meet every doubt that enters your mind with a greater faith. Meet every confusion with a deeper sense of calm. Take the time to do this. Arrange with yourself to give yourself the time. Start your day with peace and you will live in peace. Peace is the power at the heart of the divine and the divine is in you even as it is in everything. And this is Ernest Holmes says again, life flows into everything, through everything, and it passes in to every human event and translates itself through every human act. If you learn to think of life as flowing through your every action, you'll just soon discover that the things you give your attention to are quickened with a new energy for you are breathing the very essence of being into them. Life flowing through your every action, you will soon discover that the things you give your attention to are quickened with new energy for your breathing, breathing the very essence of being into them. And that's what it's all about. We started with being, ending up with being. That is who we are when we can show up in that authentic self of being. So we took a little journey, we looked at ourselves, we did the inward dive, we talked about our purpose and how we're each unique and it needs to be a, the way that we can express it through ourselves is different and we remain open to that curiosity. And then we let our light shine and turn faith into conquer into fear. So I'm going to read one last thing hope with Earth from Ernest Holmes. Maybe not. He talks about when we're walking in and letting the light shine. When we go into a darkened room and we take the light, the darkness is still there. 
the darkness is still there. It's just now that we've brought something else. We've brought our faith. We've brought our, our light into the room. And that is what we want to do. We want to let it shine. We want to let our light shine and be that expression of the one. So for homework today, I'd like you guys to think about a couple questions. Have you ever felt the calm feeling of being in the flow, of knowing that you're just on that right track, everything just falling into place? And if you fully expressed your purpose, what would that feel like? If you fully expressed your purpose, what would that feel like? And the last question I'm going to ask is, are you afraid of answering that call, of answering that knock that is within you? I know I was, but here I am. <laughs> stepping into it, starting a new career, starting a new path at, we won't say how old I am. <laughs> we'll just go with that. But so if, if that fear rises, how can you rise above that fear? What are those spiritual practices that you can use <laughs> to tune in and to be with your heart? And that is the place we want to go, to be in tune with our heart, to show up authentically, express our divinity as we're all here, humans having our, our spiritual, our, we're all spirit having a human experience. And we're showing up that way. And we're showing up to walk each other home in community. How fortunate are we that we have a place to practice to play all, all these, these practice these ideas and these thoughts, because as, as Ernest Holmes said, the science of mind is a tool to use to get where we want to go in life, the big L life, the capital L. So let's just take a moment and go into prayer. And knowing that there is that one life, that one love, that one divine mind that is the back of everything. And that it is operating in, through, and as each of us. That that expression of the one mind is bubbling up in our curiosity to remove the scales, to remove the armor of our heart, and to touch in with it, to be that place of calm and peace and grace and know that your light is important in this world that shining your light is important because each of us have a role to play together we build this community and we never know what one thing we may say or do or show up a kind act how it will affect another so I know today I claim the kindness, the joy, the community, the love, the spiritual growth is happening. And I am so grateful for this time and this teaching and this knowing of truth that we are all one 
We are the beat of the drum. So I release these words, the law of mind, knowing right action is already happening. I've spoken those words into the law of mind and it flows out into the world and into a demonstration of love, of life, of laughter, of joy. So I let it go, I let it be, and I ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. So a few comments about the offertory. CSL Whitelock, as you may know, is funded solely through your donations. This means that your monetary gift is deeply valued. Every dollar received helps provide the inspiring messages, spiritual lessons, music, and personal support offered by our spiritual director and practitioners. Your donations make our work possible. What we freely give to life returns to us multiplied abundantly. Thank you for your generosity. You may wish to join me in putting your hand on your heart and affirm with me, divine love with blesses, sorry, divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Blesses all and multiplies all that I have and all that I give. What Georgia said, and so it is. And what it is. So you can go to the donations page on the website. You can put any amount in that you want. You can also become a monthly donor by choosing the recurring payment option at the website. You can pay by mail. You can send a check to our mailing address, which is CSL Whitelock, 13313 20th Avenue, Surrey, BC. V4A1Z3, or you can pay by e-transfer. Go to your own bank online and find where you can send an e-transfer. You send it to our email address, admin at csl slash whiterock.com.